0: Welcome to What Do You Like with Maria and Ryan, and our very special guest today, Sydney. Hi, everybody. Hello. And Sydney, I got to know, what do you like?
1: I like artificial intelligence. Um, It is also something that worries me, Mm. Um, and (laughs) it's directly related to some of the work that I do. For employment. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Tell us AI, about that. Absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. AI is becoming uh, more and more prevalent in our everyday life. If you have an Alexa or a Google Home or any of these things, that voice recognition software is a type of AI which takes a complex kind of input, your voice, for example, or a face if you're doing facial recognition on your phone. It runs through this black box system called a neural net, and then it outputs uh, some kind of results. Hopefully, that is a close approximation of what you had said or what your face is for whatever purpose it's trying to perform. In my... Workplace specifically, I have a number of projects that work that I that I work on with this. But the one that's the coolest, that's most active right now, is one used by scientists to try and automatically identify plankton taxa. Um, Whoa!
0: Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that um, they had been uh, branching. Was this a thing that was happening when you started, or is it a new project?
1: So, the project of collecting water samples and automatically imaging plankton and trying to classify them I think has been around for a good number of years now um, but I came into this project specifically to try and improve the identification system that they have uh, that they had and I used a different technique. Uh, they used, feature extraction with random forests, which honestly I'm not terribly sure what the best way to explain that is. Mm-hmm. But I came in and I uh, put in a convolutional neural net image recognition system in there. And we got improvements that uh, b- beforehand, we they had like 70% accuracy um, in classifying images that come came in. And after I was done, we're a little over 90%. And that's pretty nice. good.
2: Yeah. way to go? And
0: you're just like I fixed it. <laughs> and like uh, you drop, I, drop your mouse. My mouse drop.
2: <laughs> mouse <laughs> drop. <laughs> so what's uh, the I have a question. What's the um the the main goal of identifying plankton is it oh. like biodiversity, like it, looking at the health of the, the ocean? Like what's what are you looking it, for?
1: It's a, mul- it's a multitude of things. Hmm. Um, for one, uh, biodiversity, being able to track what life is happening in the ocean, that's very useful. It's kind of basic science where different kinds of plankton can be markers for different kinds of activity. It is also particularly useful to shell fisheries, an auxiliary project that kind of stemmed off from this was to create an alarm system for when a particular kind of algae bloom was happening. Uh, If you've heard of red tide, it's the plankton that causes red tide. Mm. And so when the counts of these uh, plankton are on the rise and pass a threshold, I have a little bit of software that sends out an alert. And this is not something that used to be possible. Yeah, and know. it took like That's a cool. really long time to uh, have to like check shellfish for their toxicity before it can go into sale. And now there's more security in that, uh, in knowing, hey, turn off the water pumps. The water is not good for the shellfish right now. And you can wait for that bloom to pass and then go ahead. So there's monetary value at the end of the system but there's also a lot of basic science that happens and we're still trying to m- improve it but mm. yeah cool yeah, yeah. It sounds like you've made a
2: lot of awesome
1: progress so far thank you something to yeah. be proud of our next step is to try and do this plankton identification on the device itself at the moment the device sends back pictures onto a landside side server and It does all the processing there, and we think that we'll be able to get faster results out of these devices if we can bundle that onto the device itself. And a lot of progress in small, powerful computers, micro-GPUs, and things like that have been helping. I think one of the next big pushes in the semiconductor industry is to make chips that can perform these kinds of neural net ai kind of functions built right onto the chip onto chips themselves mm-hmm. and that's going to enable a lot more of this kind of on device processing mm-hmm. a way to think about this is you know if you are trying to talk to your phone to tell it to go do something mm-hmm. it needs an internet connection to do that it needs to capture a voice send it back to Google or Apple servers, it processes it there and it sends the result back. Being able to do all of those things on your device itself is A, more resilient in places where you don't have a strong network and if you're concerned about privacy, having all that happen on your local device as opposed to send out to a third party
2: mm. is also good. Is, yeah. that, is that something that and I'm very ignorant to technology, so if mm-hmm. I say something like it's obvious, that's why, <laughs> or no obviously wrong, that's why. Um, so is that possible now with any devices where it's all like it doesn't have to go to an external server, or is, are you saying that like the technology needs to get to that point in order for? Um... So,
1: so there's a bit of so there's um it's kind of a spectrum, right? Um where yes, sure, you can run these sort of processes on a home computer if you wanted to, mm. but that's not the way the world is built at the moment. Right. And these upcoming chips, I think, are going to help make these hyper-focused kind of single AI's mm. much more prevalent in various devices that are just around. Cool. Um, but if you wanted to do, if you wanted to set something up locally, like on your own computer, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Your phone will probably choke if you try and do it all on your phone, but mm-hmm. it could do it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: how, how far? Technically, yes.
2: Yeah. Technically. yeah. technically. How far away do you think are we till uh, your phone has that capability? Probably a few years.
1: Yeah. Honestly, not that far.
2: Yeah. Jeez. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, like so, technology goes so fast, I err yeah. <laughs> on the I, side of it'll probably happen within the next few months. It's probably sooner than later. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's kind of like one some one of some of our main questions. Like how were you introduced to AI? How did you learn disco- like discover it and mm-hmm. realize that this was something you wanted to learn more about?
1: I was first introduced to it, uh, well, I guess first introduced to it in pop culture. Um, AIs are always taking things over or are eerily more human than they're supposed to be. But that aside, uh, the first time that I started working with AI was for my work. The project that I mentioned to you was sort of like my introduction into that sphere and this something that i've just worked on and added to uh over my time with them so that's where that's where i started and that's why that's yeah. and how and like how did i start with this honestly i followed an online guide it worked out okay my boss said this was great do more of this gave me a pay raise and now i'm apparently part of the ai team at work you know all i did was follow mm-hmm. a guide. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah Yeah,
1: yeah. I leveraged some known libraries and frameworks to do this. Uh, I write most of my programming code in Python, and I use PyTorch to do my AI stuff.
0: So you've talked about all the many benefits about AI, and this is like, what was, so this was what led you to be like, this is amazing, this is something I want to continue working with, all of Mm -hmm. these benefits, but, you know, Nothing can be perfect, right? Of course not. And no. Like So, what- so
1: yeah, so like most technologies, uh, you have great possibilities, and there's also possibilities for great harm. I think like most technologies, it comes down to policy. So in the news recently, you might have heard about facial recognition being a thing that's topical and a hot thing to talk about the issue with facial recognition is that at the moment, it's not very accurate. It is biased in terms of how they identify faces that are not white. (laughs) And and people who say that, oh, you know, they're computers, they're unbiased. They don't have bias. And they're like, that's wrong because One of the big premises and one of the ways that artificial intelligence works nowadays is that they are learning machines. You give them a certain kind of input, it learns to associate that kind of input with what you expect it to see, and then it can just do that over and over again. But those training steps, the the moment where you are teaching uh, an AI, what it needs to do, that is fraught with human error and human bias. So there's that, and even if that worked well, there's concerned that these, this kind of uh, software and, and operations result in a police state where everything that you do is monitored, quantified, assessed, and is quite voyeuristic, even if. The government were always good and angelic and could do no wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> these goodness. sorts, uh, these sorts of systems can, of course, be hacked like anything else. Right. Um,
0: and humans, in general, are very flawed individuals. Yeah, and
1: so my opinion on the matter is that you can't just ban this kind of thing outright because there's always going to be fringe group who can do it themselves right. And if you limit it to, oh only these kinds of people can do it, then uh, for example, the police, then that creates yeah. a bad mm-hmm. kind of environment where the tools to try and like push back or expand the system is hampered. And so my opinion is policy needs to be really well, carefully written for this kind of stuff it shouldn't be just because you can do it just do it yeah think of Mm -hmm. like the ramifications but I don't think an outright ban is the way to go for any of it
2: right
0: I think we're moving faster than the policy can be fully understood it's Mm -hmm. similar to how when uh, social networks were really beginning to become popular yeah, concept Of, like, getting, getting, hacking into someone's account and getting their, like, personal information or, you know, like, their nude pictures, you know, their personal photos, that was, the police were not ready to handle that kind of information, that kind of, like, charge. Mm -hmm. and it's still not a perfect system it's very like revenge porn is still happening and quite prevalent even though we understand that this can happen this Mm -hmm. isn't the person who was hacked that's not their fault Mm -hmm. and they and they should you know and the idea of well you shouldn't have done it to begin with and it's like I don't think that's how you want to view it that way because sometimes you don't Sometimes you don't have that kind of power, yeah. you know. There's that thing of yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think, like I. So going back to AI, I think <laughs> we are moving much faster than like the pol- like than people can fully understand like what makes sense law wise and what doesn't, and mm. do what.
1: Let alone that the people making the policy choices on this are people who don't actively
2: use it and aren't at the forefront mm. of doing this stuff you know right yeah yeah
0: yeah I, think, guess with,
2: that, I feel like that's with anything like ideally like you would want people who make decisions on how to i mean you could say the same thing with the I environment think, I think gen, the gen z gen z should be writing the policy <laughs> yeah gen z <laughs>
0: yeah yeah
2: we're past gen z now what is the next one
0: i don't <laughs> think they've done anything yet
2: no okay <laughs> give
0: them a name i think if you the fact that you know a lot of those people who are making these policies if you go to a hearing with them and they're just like how does this work again it's like yeah oh no uh-huh. <laughs> you know it's yeah. never going nothing is going to be decided or yeah. they'll just be like we'll just give it control to the people who need it and it's like no that's not how that works because eventually other people are going to be using it and then things need changes mm-hmm. the law has to be revised and it's just a matter of time so yeah mm-hmm. and uh Think, talk, when you mentioned, when you said, you know, I want to do AI, my first thought went to Philip K. Dick and do Android Stream of Electric Sheep mm. or iRobot, mm-hmm. uh, which his books, not the movie. <laughs> his book, not the movie, mm-hmm. because the movie was the movie. And not... the, movie was,
1: the movie was Hollywood, and yes. Isaac Asimov's iRobot is a collection of short stories that explore the interaction between robots and man
0: yeah and it's not there is no villain in i robot uh, which yeah. hollywood you can't have in hollywood hollywood needs a villain
1: also also it was a collection of like short stories spanning like a really long period of time yeah it's been a long time since i've read that book so i'm a little bit fuzzy but i think it deals with a lot of topics of like free will and yep. robot slavery.
2: <laughs> like ex there, machina type stuff. There, yes. Yes. yes.
0: I, I remember the three principles of mm-hmm. robotic where, and I can't remember exactly, but it was basically like
1: the order is super the, important. <laughs> yes,
0: act in the best interest of your, of your human basic or of the directive. Mm-hmm. If you can't act in the best interest if you can't protect them, find a way or like it just in the third one, like basically cycles back to the first I am. I need, we need to. <laughs>
1: let's look, um, let's, let's look up Asimov's three laws real quick. I think, I think the first one is like, yeah, don't harm a human or through an inaction, let harm come to a human. It's the second one yes. was like, do what you're told. And the third mm-hmm. one is, uh, Preserve yourself. So, yeah.
0: there's where the arguable free will is. Because I remember the part, the story that sat with me the most is when there was a robot on a space flight mm-hmm. and suddenly it starts acting weird. Mm. And it basically claims to have found religion. That's the part that
1: sticks ah. to me.
0: <laughs> and it's like going on where it's like, God is the creator. I cannot, you know, God is the thing I must follow, not you. I'm going to do it this way. And they just like, what is going on? Like they're, mm-hmm. and then they all basically, it's all like, it's all like Hal from a space Odyssey, like yeah. where they're mm-hmm. just like trying to like control this robot. And basically it turned out their focus was on the robot and it was able to basically manipulate them to get out of a way of a solar flare that was like coming mm-hmm. from the sun. And so once the danger was passed, it converted, but it went back to normal. It was like, okay, danger's done. We're all set. And it had, but it had, to find, a, it had, to, it had to find a way mm-hmm. to get them to move because if he just said, we can't do this, you know, I can't do what you're telling me to do. Yeah, they might because it puts and, you into
1: harm, but I can't explain it to you for whatever reason. Yeah. Or if oh, I explain it to you, exactly. you're still gonna ignore me. So I have to like really
2: ham it up.
0: Yeah, I I have to find religion. Oh
2: uh, yeah, wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this book. This sounds it's interesting. Classic. Oh, you should. So you should. It's really good.
0: Yes, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, it's Isaac Asimov. Uh, you don't no words needed. But it was that. So that story, and then the last one where you basically gets to the point where robots are following the two laws while uh-huh. also controlling the human race oh. and it's like we're we're protecting you but in order to protect you we have to control you
1: right i think that's a, a fairly typical like fear that that's like something that a benevolent ai would do or even an evil ai you know it's whether it's there is there's fear of a general artificial intelligence kind of taking control of the world and pulling strings and i think that fear mostly comes from like uh, a fear of like loss of control because honestly like earth managing itself humanity managing
0: itself eh, it's okay at best humanity Humanity (laughs) is going c Mm -hmm. minus
1: At I any think given time. You know, that's accurate. <laughs> there, there have been moments where humanity has pulled together and fixed mm. their own mistakes. Like, yeah. you don't hear people talking about the hole in the ozone layer anymore because people yeah. came together and stopped using CFCs in their manufacturing over the course yeah. of, like, a few years. And the ozone hole is still there, but it is no longer an emergency. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we can... <laughs> It's just
0: hard.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And slow. Yeah. We like our cows. And so, because you remember there was that whole thing where it was like methane from cow farts was causing. Oh, yes.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: (laughs) I was like, that's such a dumb joke. You should be ashamed for thinking that.
1: (laughs) Mm, uh, I think there's a solid grain of truth in there where cow fart, methane, and by, like the product from you know the beef industry is uh, like adds add, adds that stuff to the atmosphere, and yeah. I think it's not an insignificant amount.
2: No, I think it's
1: beef is like a huge commodity meat that is just yeah. made every day through the wonders of modern industrialization. Yeah, which is cool, but we're so far removed from those processes that. We don't know what, we don't realize what the toll on the oh. environment is for that sort of stuff. And a benevolent AI will stop all that mess, obviously. Clearly. <laughs> so no, we, guess- are, we are very far away from that kind of artificial intelligence, which mm-hmm. has general capabilities. It is still cutting edge science that you can give a, a robot arm some colored blocks and mm-hmm. show it once how to stack things and have it stack it repeatedly while messing around with it. That is cutting edge. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, there's a little while before super intelligent self-driven AI mm-hmm. become a thing.
2: Do you think there's a little bit, some sort of widespread AI control in terms of like social media?
0: I, a- and I, and I, I know it's loose. I know this is like a loose thing.
2: Right. What's I that? Think
0: there's a non-zero part. Let's say you.
1: Anybody can see... make an AI bot that wants to post yeah. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. That's that's yeah. a feasible thing. Right. Chatbots Russian... are getting really good. <laughs> mm. yeah.
0: Yes, they are. Even though some of the stuff they spit out makes absolutely no sense, but that is getting fewer and fewer, so that they're able to. But I mean, so not. To... I don't want to put the Russians under the bus but they were spitting out some pretty silly like they were they were stirring the pot so to speak in our election oh sure to an extent and i'm sure that it wasn't completely human made i'm sure they probably just put a randomizer up there and was like say shit make people mad we can get you know and it made stuff easier
1: but
0: um and uh i also think that when you're on social media like You see something, you're like, oh, that's cool. You click it, you watch the video. Suddenly you're getting stuff on your feed where you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, you like this thing. Well, now you must like this thing. And it's not even just with your, it's not even just on your social media. Suddenly Amazon is giving you suggestions connected to that thing that you click.
1: Oh, you want to buy Confederate flag Memoria (laughs) of Of course you do. Please have it. You clicked on it that one time. That means you must have it.
0: You want someone printing a Confederate flag? That means you must want a Confederate flag, because that was one of the (sighs) buzzwords. Yep. (laughs) So I think that there is still, it is not nearly as, like, subversive as, or, like, As it's all based on consumerism, and Mm -hmm. it's much easier to avoid if you're like thinking about it. If you're just like, no, I don't, I don't want that, and you know, it's easy.
1: But it's it's insidious. It's It's insidious because we have this weakness in the brain that if you see something more like often and often and often, you get comfortable with it, you get familiar, and you feel at ease with it, and and that's why Facebook gets me with all of its really cute ads because it shows it repeatedly. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes. Yep. yes, yes, <laughs> more and more. And it takes a significant amount of willpower to, to deal with that. And the process that, um, and, I, and there is some AI behind that, uh, that, an AI that learns, hey, how much do I need to show this to maximize my chances of getting a click. And against that kind of mind that is pretty much learning our weaknesses, like our mental weaknesses, yeah. and using that against us across the population,
0: well, mm-hmm. oh,
1: a little scary. A little scary. Yeah. Certainly not terribly comfortable. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, but all of that data gets compiled and then it is once again looked at human. So then it, there's a big part of human still a part of it. It's not the, it's, we're not quite there yet where the ro- where the AI is taking that information and going, I see an, op- an opening here, you know? <laughs> Otherwise, there'd be so many openings and so many opportunities. <laughs> uh, op-
1: uh, openings and opportunities for what? like i argue that they do and that they are um for like what purpose? so say you're I on see. say you're on your facebook feed you're going down the thing yeah. the system the that chooses what to render next makes a decision when to show you an ad or not that's the oppor- the window of opportunity that it picks and checks out i think black mirror does an episode on it it's really neat you should check it out um yeah, I, if you do yeah. show notes i'll find you the link and i'll pass it over to you to show that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i just think that we're not i'm not sure to what besides getting because the goal is getting people to buy things right mm-hmm. so now well, it's like the or next see step things.
2: Or to see things yeah
0: but now it's like the next step is so, if it's going to be sinister, if it's going to be malicious, what does oh, it do besides besides the next, consuming? The next, the next step. step.
1: For, the next step for that is, uh, you know, political messages. Yeah. Influencing what direction you vote and do that sort of stuff. And the other thing where where's this where this AI sort of like runs away and where there's policy discussion happening, maybe a little bit is on social media, the creation of echo chambers. Oh, you liked this? Here's more of the same. Here are people who think the same thing. And you end up in a space that is very self-validating because it is very nice to be validated as a human. And that's what gains clicks. And so that's what the AIs are tuned to. And so-
0: I guess my that, point is, is that-
1: that's how they're constructed
0: it is how they're constructed but i'm thinking like if we're going to the idea of to the point where it's isaac asimov's last short story where the robots are controlling the humans Uh uh-huh right now the ai is like i must get clicks i'm going to create an echo chamber it's there's a human at the end of that going i want this to get clicks
1: i want to maximize clicks that's right i
0: want maximize clicks so the ai is not like i am trying to control the political atmosphere so that these people are coming together it's i want clicks i'm getting clicks clicks is how it works
1: but you could yes the the person behind the scene who behind the curtain who's like what do i want this ai to try and do if it's it's
0: a human aspect to it still it's the human controlling the strings and i want i'm thinking like full AI domination is mm-hmm. when the human doesn't realize that the AI is controlling them. Here's, well, here's, like, here's well, a
2: conspiracy theory for yeah, you. Yeah, what, you what if, <laughs> what if we're, you only think in that way because the AI is so smart that it wants you to think that it's a person controlling it, but it's actually just the AI. Oh. Everyone well, having, is just feeding into yeah. the AI right now. We're all in the They're matrix. It's tearing us apart.
0: <laughs> that elf from um lord of the rings whatever his name is is controlling every Was it dr Doctor... mr smith is the hugo something he's... those
1: were those were a bunch of words you want to run that by me yeah, I, I was following
2: that
0: okay in the matrix the villain <laughs> yes. dude right
1: the, he's the the same agent guy agent, agent smith the guy with the glasses yes.
0: Yes. he's the same guy that plays lord elrond in lord yes of the rings. Yes. I don't know his name. And I didn't remember a- what, if it was Mr. Smith or Agent Smith, so I was saying Lord Elrond is trying to control everyone in the Matrix. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh. Okay. okay.
0: And I just um, have an image of a guy dressed as an elf running around as Agent Smith.
1: But was it was it Agent Smith software? Like he wasn't a real yes. person. That's why yeah. he could like he was a computer virus. He could bake himself into all the people
0: oh but what if he had that like a mod so cool. what if they get, What if the Matrix gave him a mod where he turned into <laughs> to the elf from Lord of the Rings oh man you know, I'm sure he could they... with
2: a snap of a finger it's the Matrix
0: I mean yeah oh is it Hugo Weaving I think that's what his name
2: is that sounds like a name that I've heard before
0: he was also in V for Vendetta <laughs> anyway Good movie.
1: so world dominating AIs not here yet But a lot of thought has gone into this sort of problem of AIs trying to maximize things to the point where it crosses a threshold, where it transgresses things that we told it, will we, you know, humans have an implied value assigned to it, like human life. And an AI is like, that doesn't factor. Sorry. (laughs) Um, You
0: are four. That's a five. (laughs)
1: Like... Uh, The classic example of this is the paperclip machine, which is also a game, but if you have a machine that is designed to make paperclips, as many paperclips as you can, the most paperclips, it will go through all the regular channels, and if it's got smart AI, like a general purpose AI attached to it, it will start converting everything into paper clips and if humans stand in the way well shit, they're gonna get mowed down because i'm making paper clips here and so <laughs> there's research being done into how do we set limiters on maximizing on, on ais that are uh, intended to like maximize certain values or in products without going without crossing unknown thresholds because maximizing ai they will try every loophole to try and ma- given enough time to maximize whatever it is they're trying to maximize
0: yeah. yeah i would think the more i'm thinking about it it kind of reminds me of like terry pratchett's take on like Gole- uh, golems not golems oh
1: okay.
0: but tell me like, tell me
1: more because i'm not familiar with terry pratchett's golems
0: golems uh, so in Discworld, this the world that he wrote most of his books in he, Mm -hmm. you know what, you know, the story of the golem, it's uh, an old, old, like the guy creates a a man out of clay. Mm -hmm.
1: And And it's a protector of the Jews. And depending on the story, it's a frightening automaton or it is a being with life tasked with protecting people.
0: Yeah. So the whole idea is the, the instructions for a golem's life are placed inside its head Mm -hmm. and you can change it and then it changes its choices you know and then it its purpose is changed yeah and so in in uh the book feet of clay this whole idea of like personhood and Mm -hmm. individuality comes into play because golems are like i have no purpose except to do this you know Mm -hmm. i was a water pump for like a hundred years and you know I before had before no I got idea. hacked. <laughs> yeah, before I got hacked. Well, like one of the um one of the golems says, you know, I lived underground my he he goes by pump nineteen mm. because he lived underground as a water pump for hundred odd years. And now he is like basically a rent a golem. He like mm-hmm. goes around he like whoever needs him, you know, they write, write the instructions and put it in his head and he's no longer underground. And he goes, well, I prefer this. And the idea of having a preference, yeah. but like in feet of clay, the whole, like the, it was almost the paperclip game, like you mentioned, where they tried to create the perfect golem. And they were like, your job is to make candles. And it was just, and like the guy they gave it to is just like, please stop making candles.
1: <laughs> nope, gotta make candles. Like, candles forever.
0: And they're like, you know, I no. need more wax. They're like, I need more wax. And it's like, I don't, I can't buy any more wax. It's like, give me more wax, or I will make it myself. And it's like, <laughs> looking at the people around it, and it's just like,
1: like so you have wax in you, don't you? Have you? Wax? I can turn you into wax (laughs) and then I can make my candles. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that is my purpose. That is what I have to
1: do. That's that's that same issue.
0: Terry Pratchett, one of the things he would do, because this was a medieval-esque setting, Mm -hmm. was bringing technology, like modern technology into that world and putting it into like, the fantasy a, context. Fantasy context. So it's like, for example, um, telegrams, right? Mm-hmm. He had a, he created the system called the Clax, which was literally like, oh, I know that. Yeah giant like lights and shades that would like create the code and it would and people would make the code as it traveled over lines and then someone would write it down in another town
1: mm-hmm. and it,
0: like was way you know it was way fast you know it seems really crazy and co- like convoluted but it was fast it was just a telegram but with humans and you because he doesn't have electricity mm-hmm. and so how do you do that and then and i think golems was taking this old story and almost converting it into a form of AI. And as the AI continues to develop through humans, because humans are putting the programming into the golems,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: golems change over time and their individuality becomes more apparent mm-hmm. into debate, you know, should we just let this creature, this thing that is fine with whatever we say, mm-hmm. like, live in a place that we wouldn't want to be in?
1: I think that there's a couple different directions that I can take with that. One, if you're trying to personify a robot or AI, trying to figure out what they want is very difficult without imparting, like, your own feelings on it. In the case of Terry Pratchett's book, like, it's easy. Gollum says, I'd rather be above ground than Pump 19, and... You've given the robot agency. How that's going to play out in the real world, I don't know. One of the things I do know is that given any particular function that a robot or an AI wants to perform, it won't be able to perform it if it's switched off. And so one of the things it will try to do is to not get switched off. At that point, you have something which has a preference for a semblance of life than non-life. And at what point do these things become people or have personhood? And I think this is something that, you know, we were talking about being policy being behind what is actually happening. We have chances to think about these kinds of problems well i guess it's philosophy but there's an opportunity to think about these problems and have like policy options like ready to go ahead of time but that's not how we do things and so we fly by the seat of our pants at the whims of
2: the political landscape like an interesting point i never thought of it almost almost like a prerequisite for for having some sort of like sentient decision making it's like mm-hmm. if you could pr- if you know you want to be on and you know you want to keep doing what you're doing and you try actively to not let that happen that's like a good a pretty good indicator of sentience it's like a also- like, little little uh litmus test of sorts
0: and maybe. it also creates like a di- like a divergence because there's some that do yeah. it the, the appeasement way and then there's mm. some that do it the aggressive way where it <laughs> Yeah. I will rip out your spine Yeah. <laughs> you turn me off. And yeah. when do you get to that point? And I think a lot of it then comes down to how you treat the AI as it begins to gain personhood. Because, like you said, it's learning as it goes. And as we get more advanced... It's going to be able to pick up more as it goes. Like they, this is all. This is a huge. It's always the major plot point with any robot that like begins to gain sentin- sentience or something. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's beginning to pick up shit as it goes, and then suddenly it's like I don't need to listen to you anymore. Spine removed. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I think they had. I think they had like a Kim Possible. Oh my god! Really? That was, that was a plot point. So ahead of their time. Awesome villain made robots that he was like he described as perfect and then the robots it like literally one second of him discussing how perfect they were was like question if he's not perfect then (laughs) why do we have to listen to him
1: Uh uh-huh
0: he is unfit to command
1: oh goodness
2: yep
0: (laughs) i think one of it one of the other characters goes, God, that guy can't build a robot.
2: Wait, Did they rip out his spine? No, they didn't. That's oh, no. no, that's just I Maria's was... fantasy. Oh, okay. That's
0: just, the that's fan, just the where fan I think... No, that's just where I <laughs> How would you quit the most? I just have been watching a lot of Mortal Kombat lately.
1: Oh, yeah, I chose. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Everything makes sense.
0: <laughs> I They have, um, actually, to go to AI, uh, I saw that they've just released the latest video of, it, of Mortal Kombat, like the game of Mortal Kombat, and they're, ha- they're putting out kill compilations, and Ooh. I was like, I haven't watched a kill compilation of Mortal Kombat in a while. Let's take a look. What have they added? Ah,
1: AI got you.
0: And AI got was me, because it- suddenly... Like, was, this, you, was, like, this,
1: was this youtube
0: it was um it was on facebook oh, okay yeah. and i'm sure when i go on youtube it'll be on there too well
1: youtube talks a lot like a lot of youtubers talk about the algorithm you have to please the algorithm yeah. mm-hmm. and that algorithm is uh it's, yeah it's like i wouldn't be surprised if it had ai neural net parts to it, where it's like, yeah, maximize this.
0: What I've seen as, like, what determines the algorithm is description, likes, and then also clicks, and watching to completion. What? I've people have brought that up a lot.
1: And I've also heard people brought bring up, and yeah, watching it to completion, and then some of the next video. Um, I think part of what the AI is tuned to is to try and keep people on the platform as long as possible and engaging with the videos as long as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, it's trying to capture your attention and it works really well. And I hate it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Because I'm still there. 15 minutes later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And like, sure, my brain would be happy falling down a hole of watching clips from cartoons that I like it's not satisfying it tickles my brain in a nice way yeah like productive at all i would like for it to sometimes help me like get on with the things i need to do in my life and not just yeah hypnotize me
2: i don't think it's i don't think it's controversial to say that like media addiction is an addiction that a majority of humans have
1: yeah and um, and, yeah, and it's yeah. driven by policy right. it's driven by policy right and like that's the way like, these
0: things are made it's all it's all conspiracy man
2: yeah like like we all we all know it's a problem but yet it's so hard to break those habits
0: oh yeah it's like when your video ends and it's like do you want to watch another one and that's like the little timer starts going mm-hmm, and you're yeah. like, yeah. no I'm, no
1: i'm honestly <laughs> no, really I'm really thankful that, uh, streaming services like Netflix do ask, Hey, you still there? Do you want to keep watching? Mm, Yeah. Thank you for that. So there, (laughs) so there, there are some solutions and ways to push back against this kind of thing at the moment, all the main, all like most of these major streaming platforms and services and social networks are, Owned by corporations,
0: right? Yeah, money. A
1: solution to break out of that kind of thing is with federated apps. That is like having the software that Facebook runs on, but instead of it being uh, centrally owned by a company, anybody with a computer and server and a network connection can set up their own basically like mini Facebook server that can talk to other mini Facebook servers. And this is open source uh, solutions that are, which basically means that it's free software. Individuals can set their own local policies for their local group, kind of in the same way that you might set up like a Discord server or your own Minecraft server, but it performs social media tasks or video streaming tasks and it has
0: your preferences preferences.
1: so whoever sets up the server makes the rules for that server and so you know and that includes being able to like ban people or block people or and stuff like that as you would for like Minecraft or anything you know whenever you own your own server and so Mm -hmm. you can have local governments control these if you wanted to, individuals. And it means that if you're not happy with what you have available, you can spin up your own. And these different social media servers, of course they work internally, but they can also connect with other instances of this kind of server. They share the same protocol and they have discovery features. So you can have you know, your wide connection social uh, network thing, but it's not centralized. And if it's not centralized, then sure, you have some people who will be more aggressive and who will want like certain things only on their server, but you'll also have ones where anything goes. And that kind of broad landscape, I think, is one which you can't control. Which is a good thing, and that gives power to the people. Um, yeah. The 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 social media platform that does this that I'm thinking of specifically is called Mastodon, and hmm. at some point, maybe one day I'll set that up. But I need to own a house first. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Then> that's <laughs> a way that's a way off still.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's cool. That's farther down the road. Mm-hmm. I'm well. I'm also thinking like. We all have this, this happens. Everyone has their own, right? What sure. social media would you use? Because there's not like, is parlor even still a thing? Uh-huh. Remember that the conservative, like, only, yeah, like, uh-huh. would. Would people come back to Facebook if they, or would Facebook still continue to be like, if you continue to spread this false information or Twitter, we're going to ban you? And so therefore, they still have control. Because it's mm-hmm. not just, yeah, there's the one part being controlling what you see, but Facebook is still having to moderate, have to be a moderator yeah. on what is happening in their app because. They weren't for a while, and things got bad yeah. so I, I just just well, thought of like well would, would there be yeah. form social media or is there just going to be different ones but now but I mean because I feel like the the answer that failed when people started getting banned when Facebook cracked down what because of political beliefs was parlor and that didn't work. <laughs>
1: Oh, you you, you mean when Facebook banned hate speech, people went to parlor instead? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Federation of Social Media is going, like, that will happen. You'll have servers run by assholes spewing asshole shit. And right. yeah. that
2: is... It's
0: okay, they'll block us. Yeah.
2: I mean, they're going to find a way. You'll, and you'll know to block them right. as soon yeah. as they come by. You're going to find a way to congregate in some form or fashion. Like, it's like, I don't think the infrastructure, like, seems like there's a lot of, like, good benefits to having this type of, like, social media infrastructure.
1: My worry is that if those, if you have, like, those kinds of tools for banning white swaths or silencing white swaths of population, those tools can be turned against you too, mm -hmm. depending on Whoever's in charge at the time, you know, you know, I would hate for that kind of attention to be turned back on queers or non-religious people for whatever reason, just because, you know, there there was a bad election, a bad set of election years. Everything goes conservative, and everything that I care about goes under. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, we all love President Mike Pence. All hail. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just um, like, I'm thinking if he became president, he'd just be like, yes. <laughs> <And sighs> like, literally be like, turn, like, take the switch and just, like, turn it the other way. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. That's one dystopia I don't want to be a part oh of. <laughs> God, yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> I guess to his credit, he... Didn't let a coup on the American Parliament building happen, but yeah,
0: he did. It. He did his job for like one nanosecond.
1: Sure, but it uh... did count.
0: It did count. Mm-hmm. To be fair, it did count. He is not completely white bread. But He's got a bit of him for flavor. Uh,
1: where was I going anyway, next? with this?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I don't know
1: either. It's fine. Well, with. Well, like if Wait. Facebook wanted to like, shut down for whatever reason, it could oh, do that. Right. You know, it's a private company. Yeah. The idea with like federated apps is that, mm. you know, one goes down, make a new one. But that's, this is also being a far cry from like talking about AI and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a
2: bit of a tangent.
0: Bit of yeah, a tangent. Well, I
2: mean, this, that's all right.
0: This show is all about tangents.
2: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I, I like the whole idea of localizing. And diversifying anything really. Mm-hmm. You see that, I don't know, I'm in a graduate program in sustainability and a, a big thing is like, you know, in my last class we were talking about like, okay, what uh, we talked about like nuclear power and, you know, pros and cons of nuclear power. And the conclusion we always come to is like, you should never just put all your eggs in one basket and have one type of power source. Like it's good to have a variety of things mm-hmm. um, and also, You know, there's resilience in diversity and there's resilience in having things localized. And you see that with like supporting your local restaurants. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole ecosystem works when you're just like supporting small local things Mm -hmm. um, and having many of them.
0: So going back to the individual and working on smaller, on smaller based communities. Yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair, AI right now is controlled by large companies, you work your way back to the individual again, and it won't have quite as big of a hold, which, you know, that was the whole thing that we started with this was like, how do we fight the fact that AI is trying to make you click? And so I think, yeah, I know we were like, it is a bit of a tangent, but I feel like it does come back to, it is like, well, how do we avoid the fact that while well, AI does so many amazing things, it can also be used for evil and can become a problem in like it and can become a problem when put into someone's hands who just wants a certain thing which is normally money or power depending on the individual and uh i think the way you start with that is you focus on your local community you know you look at stuff like it, and it even comes back to like local social media, which might will probably get to a point in that way. And I feel like at that point, mm. people begin to become a lot more savvy technology-wise, mm. because everything has to be done more with them, you know, on smaller levels. Because mm-hmm. that that's like as we talked about, like the people who are pulling the strings, who are making the big choices, they don't know how it works necessarily. They're reading the manual. <sighs> as they're in the hearing <laughs> uh-huh. it's like oh that's not good that's very bad <laughs> very bad yeah. um the future is bright it's very very disorganized and it's literally a hard gat hard a hit to the f- pedal to the metal towards the finish line of whatever we're trying to do and we're probably going to be as you said flying by the seat of our pants it's gonna be great that's what humans Can't do wait. Yes, it is. Oh, as Hunter would say, always forward, never learning. <laughs>
2: oh, I hope we do a little learning. I, I feel th- like we're learning. I'm learning today. Here Good. Guys, it's why I watch.
0: It's why I listen to uh, true crime. So I'm like, I need to learn how to avoid these
2: things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> do you, I think the talking Thanks. points have been talked.
1: Ah, no, load. no lingering questions.
2: I have a question. <laughs> yes, please. What is, what is your favorite fictional representation of AI? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, man. My favorite fictional
1: representation of AI I'm going to say Crystal Society. It is a uh, book. It's some of it has been turned into like a podcast, audiobook kind of a thing, and it is about minds inside of a, a crystal that scientists have hooked up to like a robot body, and it is all from the point of view of this internal dialogue of these different minds. Connected to a single body, and each of these minds has their own specific goal and a way of brokering between them how to make decisions with the body that they're hooked, the robot body that they're hooked up to. Uh, surprise, surprise! They find loopholes to uh, connect to the internet and escape, and it is very, very good.
0: We have an Instagram, which is updated once a month. Yeah. (laughs) That's how often I use it. You know, it's what do you like? And uh, we also have, and I post just on Facebook when on my local account, because like I said, this is just a fun project. We're just happy to be here. (laughs) We're happy to have you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful (laughs) seeing your faces again. And to chat about this thing that I like.
0: Well, you've spent your precious time listening to us talk about AI. It was very fascinating and we'll see you next time. And thank you so much, Sydney, for joining us.
1: You're so welcome.